Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. It's my honor and privilege to welcome you to Bowling Springs Baptist Church this morning for our morning worship service. I want to say welcome to any of our guests that are with us today. We're glad you are here with us. When I ask everyone, this seems to be working pretty well this past few weeks. I want you to take this tab on the side of your bulletin. Let's hear it. Let's everybody tear it together. Well, yeah, there we go. This tab is for you to fill out any prayer requests that you may have to share with our church or with our church staff. Please do so on the prayer request side. And for you guests who are with us today, we're going to ask you to fill out the back side, the side that says welcome, so that we can get to know you and have the opportunity to share with you, and we want to be able to do that. Also, you can use this tab as a care form for our care ministry, or you can find one of your colored um, pieces of paper in your pews. Those are care slips. We need to know if there's anyone that needs to be ministered to in some way, be it be prayed for or maybe they have some uh, something to, that needs to be done around their home or some other kind of uh, situation in their life that we need to be aware of and to be able to minister to, please fill those out and drop those in the offering plate along with this um, perforated tab you just pulled off your bulletin so that we can um, be able to do ministry. And I know that's something that we really enjoy doing. And the, if you aren't a part of our care ministry, we would encourage you to do so. Those meet on Wednesday evenings, except for the first week of the month. Those meet on the first Thursday. I want to ask you to, to look inside your bulletin. It shows some opportunities for the week this week. We do begin our spring spiritual growth session this evening or this afternoon at 5 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Uh, Dr. Joe Webb will be sharing with us, so we look forward to that. That will begin our six-week series. So. Um, Make note and, and try to be here as a part of that. Next Sunday, we celebrate Palm Sunday with our Easter music, our Easter cantata. So that's always a special time of the season for us. And on the back side, you see other listings of things that are going on this week. So uh, be much in prayer for those. Senior adult luncheon this week on Wednesday, we'll have Reverend Paul Scott from up at Big Springs Baptist will be sharing with us. I want to draw your attention to the Easter egg hunt. If you would be so kind to maybe donate a, a bag of candy or so to our Easter egg hunt, we'll take those. You can drop them outside my office door, and we'll um, put those inside the eggs for the kids to find on Saturday. So um, if you know of someone that would be interested in our Easter egg hunt on Saturday, please tell them about that. That begins at 11 o'clock. Below there at the bottom, there are two other important announcements. The GAs uh, collecting items for the Pregnancy Resource Center, so be involved with that. And then please get your Easter lily orders in. I want to apologize for the typo and the text messages that went out this week. We're not doing eater lilies. Um, they're Easter lilies. Somebody wanted to know if we were going to have some lilies from Little Shopaharas in the, in the uh, sanctuary. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I saw where we're getting Easter lilies. So Easter lilies, please get those ordered uh, today so that we can get those, that order in and done for the Easter season. Um, this morning we're going to skip over the mission moment. Ari had to go home sick this morning, but I do want you to continue to remember uh, this month the um, situation in Egypt and those fellow believers in Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted on a daily basis Please continue to remember those. You also had inserts in your bulletin uh, for both the Annie Armstrong Easter Offering Guide and our CBF Global Missions Prayer Guides. Be in prayer for our missionaries both at home and abroad. So let's continue to worship this morning. 
There was a new hymn that we learned a couple of Sundays ago called Resurrection Hymn. You will need the words from your bulletin as we sing this together. If you don't remember, just listen to those around you who uh, maybe were here or remember it, or just listen to me as we sing it. It's a wonderful way to begin our worship service as we honor and worship our risen Lord. Let's stand as we sing, please.
Good morning. Let's try that one more time. Good morning. Good morning. That away, Miss Georgia. Um, this is a crazy time of year. Does anybody know why? Does anybody know? Anybody know? There's basketball games going on. I mean, they call it March Madness. Have you ever seen anybody mad over basketball? Yeah. I have. <laughs> I guess if I were to confess, I've probably been one of those people that have been mad over basketball. Somebody asked me what I was doing with this. I told them I was laying, laying it at the altar. I laid my basketball at the altar this morning. I need to give that up. Uh, it might have got too much of me. But you see, you see people get really stirred up about basketball this time of year. And the cool thing is I even see people get stirred up about basketball that, that don't watch basketball any other time of the year than right now. Uh, and I got to say, I really wish that, that we could take uh, the passion for the sport of basketball or for whatever team you might pull for, I wish we could kind of translate that passion into how we feel about Jesus. Uh, I think he would, he would really appreciate that. Um, but that's just a little side note. There's a problem with this ball. Does anybody want to figure out the problem with this ball other than the fact that it's a Carolina ball? For somebody, that might have said, I'm just taking that out of the equation, okay? Well, what's wrong with this ball? How do you know that? I was just squishing it, and it doesn't have any air in it. Grady, stand up and, and bounce this ball for me. Tell me what happens. Whoa. What? Huh. So what do we need to do here? We need to pump air in it. Hmm. We need to put air in this basketball in order for it to, to be able to to be used for what it's supposed to be used for, which is to play with. Um, so you can bounce it, so you can throw it. Um, you ever wondered if, if the air in the basketball is a little bit like the Holy Spirit in our lives? You ever, you ever thought about that? You know, this ball, it might be kind of cool to look at, but it's not going to be able to be used much if it doesn't have air in it. And, and I... I wonder if a lot of times we as, as humans try to live life deflated and empty. Um, and we just don't get much out of it. We, we, we just don't get much out of life. You know, I shared with our youth the other night, I'd hate for us to, to go through life and our life be a waste because it was just something to look at. Um, you know, we're coming up on Easter and, and the big question for a lot of people who don't really, I believe, understand the Christian faith, they want to know, why did Jesus have to die and leave? You know, why, why couldn't Jesus just raise from the dead and stay here on earth? I mean, don't you think it would have been cool if you'd have been able to meet Jesus just like the disciples did? Yeah. Well, I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture from the book of John. Um, where, where Jesus explains to the disciples um, why, why he has to go. Um, he says this in, in John 16, verse 7. He says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. 
When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. To regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. You know, Jesus said that he's, he has to go away so that the counselor of the Holy Spirit can come so that the Spirit can be a part of this world and a part of our lives. Take your hymnals, please, and turn to number 142 as we sing, There is a Fountain where we lose all our guilty stains. Let's stand as we sing, please. 142.
Let's bow together. Father, we're coming to that magical time of the year, spring. We see the buds on the trees. We see the grass beginning to grow. We see the temperature starting to climb. We see evidence of new life all around us as winter loses its grip and spring begins to come. Lord, I think you meant it to be that way. That at this season of the year, at this time, we would celebrate Easter. Easter. New life. Victory over death. New beginnings. Easter. Dear Lord, I think it is that the older I get, the more Easter means to me personally. As I think of the promise of eternal life, as I think of the mystery of the cross, the miracle of the resurrection, Lord, as I think on those things, the more precious they are to me, and I hope they are to this congregation. What a terrible thing the cross was. What a miraculous thing the resurrection was. Out of death, life. Out of defeat, victory. And that tells us a story about life, that sometimes in the midst of terrible defeat, victory can be right around the corner. In the times of terrible trial, a beginning of blessing is near. Lord, it tells us never to lose hope, never to lose hope. And in the bigger picture, Lord, we realize that that life is eternal. There's a gateway to eternal life, and it's called death. And when we get through that portal, we go beyond. We're going to be celebrating some of that next Sunday, Palm Sunday, our Easter cantata. May we, Lord, not only hear that music, may we not only celebrate Easter this morning, but may Easter be celebrated in our hearts. May we know the joy in our hearts, not just in the Easter hymns, not just in the cantata, not just, Lord, as we see life all about us springing forth, but may life spring forth in our hearts as we realize the message that we're reminded of the great message that Christ is risen. We're reminded this time of the year, every year, that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say. Father, that's a great message for us. And not only did he live to die, to live again, But he lives in our hearts. He lives to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring purpose and peace. He is alive. May he be alive in us. Because for any church, Christ is alive in the people. The church is alive. The fellowship is alive. (laughs) Bless us as we worship you today.
These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Hymn 132 speaks about the power of the cross, the power of the blood. We're going to sing only the first three stanzas. Let's stand as we sing hymn number three, 132. I think I may have said that wrong. 
Amen.
Our scripture this morning is from Esther, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. This is some great scripture uh, of mine and also my wife's, where a woman in the, uh, in the Bible here is willing to sacrifice her own life for her people. If you would stand with me as I read this Holy Scripture. Then Mordecai told them to return answer to Esther. Think not that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence in such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther did, ordered him. Thank you. Yes, I'll sing the 
Don't we have great musicians in the choir in this church? Amen to that. Sets the stage for us. Perhaps we don't hear many sermons from the book of Esther. Sometimes you go to some churches and you feel that the Old Testament does not exist. And there are some precious promises, precious truths from God for us, for the living of our days in the Old Testament. And Esther is a great book. It's in the form of a story. It's just 10 chapters long. You could sit down and read it in one sitting. Great story of a great woman of faith and courage. And you can apply much of its truth to modern living. I want to give a little background story or background information about Esther so you can get the context of things. Asherhiris or Xerxes was the king of Persia. Israel had been defeated and taken into exile in Persia. And if you read the first chapter of Esther, there's a big party. I mean, really big. Thousands and thousands of guests. I think the, the king, Asherhiris, was trying to show off his wealth and his prestige and his power. And he had lords and ladies and the army was there and there was glitter and there was glitz and, uh, you know, it was just a big deal. This went on for days. At the very end, the king wanted to ask his queen, Queen Vashti, to come and appear before this group. Now, it's not spelled out in the scripture, but you get the feeling that maybe the king was asking her to come in some kind of uncompromising way, maybe to come scantily dressed or to dance or something. They said she was beautiful to behold. But whatever the reason, she didn't come. She refused the king. Well, all of a sudden, they were looking for a new queen. <laughs> and the king chose Esther. She was a Jew, and Mordecai was her cousin, and he was prime minister of the realm. So here you have the queen, who is a Jew, Mordecai, who is a Jew, who is the prime minister, and then the villain of the story, the villain was Haman. Haman was somehow jealous of the Jews. He was jealous of Mordecai's power. He didn't like the Jews, and he had a plot with the army that at a certain date in the future, they were going to rise up and kill all the Jews, just slaughter them at a certain date. The king didn't know about this, but somehow Mordecai got wind of it, and Mordecai goes to Esther, the queen, and basically what he says is, you must intercede for your people. You must go to the king. You must plead for his mercy for your people. Now, Esther was taking a great risk. Unsummoned intruders into the presence of king might be liable to death. And Esther had not been summoned in a month. It was a great thing that Esther was risking just to barge into the king's presence or to come in without summoned for some reason. And Mordecai didn't minimize the risk to Esther or the risk to all the Jewish people. 
And Mordecai reminds Esther, you won't be saved if you just think of yourself. Selfishly refuse to identify with your people. And God may use some other way to save his people. But Mordecai was saying, in many ways, you are the only one that can help us now. I'm reminded of the words of Christ. I was hungered and you gave me meat. And my, in my extremity was your opportunity. And what is the response of Esther? She's ready to lay down her life for her people. My friends, we must be willing to risk something for God. Have you risked anything for God lately? We're reminded of the great women of the Bible, Miriam, Deborah, Jephthah's daughter, the women who followed after Jesus, who gave time, talent, energy, and risked being with someone who was very controversial like Jesus. What have we risked? When I think about that, I think about the story maybe most of you know of Corey Tinboom, a Dutch young woman during World War II when the Nazis overran Holland, her home country. And the people knew what was happening to the Jews. They were being shipped off and they were being killed by the thousands. And her father, her family, they were a Christian family. And in their Christian faith, they just could not stand by and do nothing. They had to get involved. So they did the risky thing. They found out where the Jews were in danger and they hid them in their own houses, in their house, the Tin Boom house. They hid them in the attic. They hid them around about it with, with false doors and places where it looked bricked up and there's a way you could get in. And they were not, and then finally until some of them were able to be smuggled out. This went on for two years. Finally, it was, they were discovered. Her father was taken to the concentration camp and died. Her brother was taken to the concentration camp and died. Her sister was taken to the concentration camp and died. And somehow the movie says, I saw the movie and read the book, through a clerical error, she survived. The only member of her family left. They took a great risk for God. And the amazing thing is you read about Cora Ten Boone's life. She lived into her 90s. Right after the war was over, she got a ministry growing for the German people to heal the wounds, to bring them back into the family of nations in Europe. Listen carefully to what Mordecai is saying to Esther. Let yourself be the instrument by which God's work can be done. Now, Mordecai had seen it all. He was an old political warrior. He was used to court intrigue, but he believed deep behind the scenes the unhand God's hand of God was in control. It was the king of kings who raised one up and set another one down. And maybe he said to Esther, we wondered why you became queen in place of Vashti. Maybe Esther was unknown. Maybe she wasn't as beautiful as Vashti. But Mordecai said to Esther, Esther, you were made queen by the plan of God. It was not a mistake that you are the queen of the land at this particular time when your people are being threatened. It's all part of a, the big plan of God. You were not made queen that you would live in luxury. You were not made queen that you would forget your God and your people. 
You were not made queen to be the plaything of a pagan king. You became queen that you might serve Israel. You might serve the greater purposes of God. Folks, power is duty. Position means advantages for service. Gifts are burdens. All men are stewards. Mordecai says to her, you have not been made queen for your own pleasure to forget your people, to go off and do what you please. God places people at certain places at certain times to achieve great unselfish ends. Esther realized this. What does she say basically? My life is not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm ready to die to serve the purposes of God rather than see my own limited view of things. God puts us in places, my friends, where we can serve him, where we can be of use to him and his kingdom. And if we refuse to be used, if we just say, no, thank you, we drift back into the background, he'll use somebody else. God's purposes will be realized, whether we are a part of it or not. The goals of the kingdom will be met. If we refuse to be used, he'll use someone else. But there is a tide in the affairs of man. Deliverance will come. Make no mistake about it, Esther. This is why you were made queen. For this particular time, for this particular opportunity, when you can save your people, you're the only one that can do it. God's work is going to be accomplished. It does not so much depend on the work of man as on the power of God. But Esther, you have the great joy and thrill to be able to stand in the breach and identify with your people and risk your life for a purpose far greater than you could ever imagine. I think God gives us positions he gives us opportunities. He gives us talents and abilities. We are given these talents. We are given wealth. We are given relationships. For what reason? That we might feather our own nest? Do what we please? Always look to see what is to our advantage? To do our own thing? No, God has great purposes. God has great purposes for us. God has great things, and we sometimes stand in positions where we miss the joy and opportunity if we don't step forward. Sometimes we look too close in. We hold our lives, my friends, that we might impart something. The greatest sense of Christianity is a sense of servitude and a sense of serving others and being able to make that particular servanthood act that makes a, a great difference. Your wealth was given to you, your talents were given to you, and sometimes in certain particular situations, God works in a great way. You were given that position of leadership. Why? You, were, you made that friendship. Why? God is working in some great way. God is speaking through all of it. No man has anything for his own, own sake. Welcome to the kingdom for others. No man receives the gospel for his own sake. 
It's for others. We are not non-conductors, but we all stand linked together hand in hand. We are beacons, my friend. We are beacons kindled to transmit. We are here for others. We are here to find the place of service and to make the difference. There comes a time when we must be sensitive to the movement of the Spirit. Things long, sometimes go along monotonously, and then God breaks through. The darkness goes. Such a time as this, Esther said. It's also true in the church. A pastor comes. Such a time as this. Chairman of deacons is elected. Such a time as this. <clears throat> you take a place of responsibility that you've never taken before. Such a time as this. This is the moment. You meet a friend at work and you thought it was by accident. No. God's behind it. Such a time as this. Someone calls you in need. Such a time as this. Someone shares a burden with you. Such a time as this. The time comes and the time passes, and sometimes it never comes again. It never comes again. Sometimes repeated opportunities are lost, and another one is chosen for the task, and the work of God goes on. Sometimes what is not used for God becomes a snare and injures the possessor and tends to destroy him, but God's work just goes on. It goes on. My friends, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God sees your life? And do you believe that God can break through in history? He breaks through. And he says, now is the moment to make that friendship. Now is the moment to say yes to that position in church you've always said no to. Now is the time to pray for that person earnestly that you have been burdened about. Now is the time. Do you see, do you think that God sees your life, that he breaks through in history, that he's active in the world? Back when I was in seminary, a lot of the theologians were German. And we studied these German theologians. And a lot of the terms we studied were in German, the German language. And uh, I love one of the terms that they flew around sometimes in my theology class. It was a German word. I loved it because I liked to say it. Heilsgeschichte. Boy, isn't that a word? <laughs> Heilsgeschichte. What does that mean? Salvation history. And what does that mean? God breaks through your life. God is in your life. God sees your life. Every day, he is active. He is present. He wants to break through in your life. He wants to put you in positions and let you act out your faith. That's what he wants to do. He is trying to put you in places where you can serve a great purpose. And as Christians, we believe that life is not blind fate, that God breaks through from time to time. There is a purpose, a voice is speaking, calling us to do great things, calling us to do what he's leading us to do as individuals of church. Think of Esther. She must have thought. I bet you she gave that thing a second thing, a thought when Mordecai came to her. Will you go to the king? Will you go into his presence and let him know what's going on with this great plot against the Jews? Will you do it? Will you be willing to do it? 
And I bet you she thought, there's more involved here than my safety. Oh, I can step back. I can live a life of luxury. I can sleep on silk sheets every night. I can have all my needs met. I can eat well. I can be dressed like a queen ought to be dressed. My life can be a life of ease. I will have no problem. But she said there's more here involved than my safety, my security, my wealth, my position. God was calling her to do a great thing. And she did it. She risked her life. If you read the rest of the story, she goes into the king. Well, what she does, she calls a conference of just three people. Her, the king, and Haman. Just three people in the room. Haman goes to the little meeting thinking he's, he's going to be honored. And when he goes to the meeting with the king and Esther and himself, Esther boldly stands up and said, there is a foul plot against the people of Israel and the one who is going to do this terrible deed is Haman, your trusted man in the army. Haman is the one. She pointed him out right before the king. The king could have said, well, I like him and I don't like you. Off with your head. But the king believed her, and it was true. And Haman had built a 50-foot-high gallows. He was going to hang Mordecai on it after the great killing time of the Jews. And the king looked at that great gallows and said, Did Haman build that for Mordecai? And Esther said, Yes. And he said, Hang Haman on it. <laughs> he got hung on, his, on the gallows he had planned for Mordecai. And the people were saved because she was able to say, this is not, it's not about me. It's not about that I'm queen. I can settle to just, just drop back and, and let happen what's going to happen. She was able to do it. That's a great lesson for us, my friends. Let's bow together. Father, we're thankful <clears throat> for the example of Esther. We're thankful, Lord, that... <clears throat> She could look out and see that a great, terrible thing was about to happen, and she could do something to stop it to save many lives. And even in risking her own life, she was willing to do it. May we, Lord, be able to take the same message into our own lives. May we risk something for you. May we be able, Lord, to look to you and in the guidance of your spirit to know when you're breaking through in our lives when there's a time, Lord, when you're speaking to our hearts. And Father, if there be any here that want to come into this church from another, any that want to accept you as Lord and Savior, we stand ready to receive those folks, Lord, as we sing our invitation hymn, All to Thee. I'll be down front. Bless us, Lord, these saints who ask in thy name. Amen. Hymn 482 is... A hymn of commitment saying, Lord, I'll follow you no matter what. I give you everything that I have. I give it all to thee. 482. Let's stand, please.
transfer of letter. Uh, do I hear a motion receiving in the fellowship? Do I hear a second? All that, let it be known by uplift the right hand. Mike, we're glad to have you, but you're already one of us, brother. Oh, thank you. And he's active on Wednesday night, and he's a good fella, and we appreciate him. I'd just like to say this is the friendliest bunch of folks I've ever been around. There you go. God bless you. Come down here and greet Mike. Tell him you're glad to have him. Service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.